Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna-Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word community. The definition we're focusing on today is a feeling of fellowship with others, community as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. It's a coming together, which I think is very important right now. To help me discuss community is Shay Holland, a TV host, actress, and entrepreneur who created a wonderful community on Facebook, which I am proud to be a part of, hosts in LA. It is truly a welcoming, inclusive space that hits on all the points I mentioned above. Shay is a self-described recovering newscaster, can't wait to hear more about that, and is now the co-host, interior designer of a new show premiering on HGTV Saturday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. Welcome, Shay. I am ecstatic that you're here. This is a long time coming to have you on Camera Ready and Able. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Normally, I feel like I'm the one doing the interviews, so it's a little bit different to be on this side of the camera. Oh, I hope you feel comfortable. I'd like sort of like lean into this new role. Um, with that, could would you mind just first off, since I mentioned it in the intro, explaining what Hosts in LA is for anyone who's not familiar? Yes, that's a great question because we are uh, an industry group. And so we are, um, I believe, still the largest group of our kind, which is specifically for um, on-air personalities and other kind of hosts, comedians, people from the sports world. We have almost 4,000 members. And we really came together to provide, to create opportunities for hosts in our industry. Anybody who does anything um, that's either on camera, some of it, you know, especially podcasts are big now. We've got influencers. We've just got the whole range of talent in the group. Yeah, and to be clear, it's not restricted to Los Angeles. It just started as however many years ago now, just with with the notion that it was in LA, but it truly, I think you're actually an international group at this point. At this point, definitely international. In fact, I worked more in New York. I live in LA, but I worked in New York most of COVID because of an opportunity that came up through the group. So we, um, yeah, started in LA probably about 2012, I think, um, by a woman named Jenna Mitchell. It was just for a bunch of people in a class, actually, Marky Costello's class here in LA. And just, um, I took it over after that and it just, you know, has exploded. And so we love having, you know, people like you, industry experts, casting directors, agents, managers who are also now in the group. So it's really has become, you know, the hub uh, for the industry. So that it's just, it's been amazing. Just not what I expected. I can't say that that was the initial vision. Um, and so it's been exciting to be on this journey and to have so much um, support from other people in the industry is the, the best part of it. Well, I was going to ask you what prompted you to say, oh yeah, I'll take over this group. It started out, we were really just kind of meeting, networking with about 50 people in, in the class who were taking uh, advanced hosting classes. And I knew that the person that had started was getting ready to go through some transitions in her life. And so it just was a conversation kind of, I think that happened spontaneously, but um, I was ready for it. I've always I believe very much in supporting one another in this industry. It is so hard in this industry. And, you know, I've just, I've been around it for a while. And so I know some of, I knew some of the ups and downs and thought, you know, there was an opportunity to do more than um, I could do alone or even with a small group of people. Well, I was impressed from the beginning. And so you just tapped into something. I think you were really connected to purpose. And one of the things that I love, and it actually came up in my podcast recent episode with Elisa Licht, is this idea of being generous and Elisa speaks a lot about generosity as actually being a key to success. 
And I love how generous you are in the group, but it's way more than just generosity and post. It was really just how generous you were to step in and say, oh, I'll take over this because it is so hard to navigate this on your own. So I just want to acknowledge that because I don't know if you ever stop and think about that for yourself. Thank you. You know, I don't. (laughs) Um, And I love that because, you know, and I've said to the group many times, Barbara Barna Abel says show up unselfishly, you know, Um, because it's not something that I'm necessarily wired to think about. I am a military kid and we are just wired to serve. So I don't really look at it necessarily as being unselfish. It's simply in my DNA, but I realize that that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, And so I do appreciate the recognition when somebody says that, hey, by the way, do you realize you're making a sacrifice there? Because I'm not really stopping to think about it sometimes, to be honest with you. The question I want to ask you as a follow-up to that is what has building this group taught you about yourself? Wow. Um, I think probably the biggest thing that I have learned is that even though I'm an introvert, I'm extremely introverted. So a lot of times I don't feel like I need a lot of people around me because I just, I don't, but I need the support. And um, it is so gratifying to have other people to be able to support as well. I wish I could do more on the mentoring side, but as one person and now getting ready to go into, you know, our second season of HGTV, Lord willing, um, it's just, you know, time is not there, but I do find that even if you're connected to your purpose, if there's not, at least for me, I will say, if I'm not also giving back and trying to help others, it it feels very shallow. And so um, I think that's probably, you know, you talk about purpose and I love that idea of walking in purpose, but it's more than just purpose. Purpose can be so vain. Um, And so I think it has to be tied and connected to a larger humanitarian purpose in some ways, you know, that it's affecting all other people too. Well, that was really insightful that I too am an introvert, which people find incredibly surprising. Yep. <laughs> um, and that I'm naturally quite shy. And as we add more people to the conversation, I, you know, have to work through my own anxiety. But with that, it's, it's also surprising to people how, how often you will encounter introverts in this space. Because we often think, of, and there certainly are a number of people who are naturally extroverted, who love being on camera, but it's funny how many people actually are introverted who, who are also in the media space. And the fact that you've created an environment for that and acknowledging that is wonderful and powerful. There is a method to how you grew this. Whenever you started, there were like 50 people. Now they're almost 4,000. How'd you get there? My focus was on creating opportunities, particularly as a black woman. There are, there were not a lot of opportunities for someone like myself in the industry. So the inclusive part of it just happens as a byproduct of who I am. And not only, you know, when I, when I first started in hosting, which wasn't that long ago, a lot of the castings would say, we're looking for an African-American who's light-skinned. Well, I am not light-skinned. And it would infuriate me. And I would write casting directors and be like, you're looking though, you know, a lot of times they'd be looking for a special skill, either somebody that could do teleprompter or something like that. And I would be like, come on, here I am. Um, So a lot of it started was just to create opportunities for people who weren't, you know, the beautiful blonde haired E-type person, um, but who had a lot to offer. So that's, that was how my initial focus was. And then my second part of the focus on that was getting us paid equally, which I'm still fighting. And, and here we are in what, 2021, and that is actually still a battle. 
And so a lot of it comes out of my personal passions for justice and equality and to see opportunity. And I think people are just naturally attracted to that. For some people, maybe that's kind of new and because it's in the political arena the last couple of years. No, that's something I've been doing for so long. And so that was part of my purpose with the group that really started it off. Because we are, uh, we do have a large percentage who are people of color. We have a large percentage of women. In fact, I think we're about 63% women. And so it, all of that, um, you know, we, we were tapped into something long ago. And I think that's what grew the group, a lot of it, that and um, to be a place for relationship. You know, I've really tried to build relationship with yourself and others who are, um, you know, what I call the gatekeepers. I don't know if you like that word or not. Um, but who can create openings for us. And so as those relationships built, then the, the group naturally, you know, people, we do have a lot that come just for the castings and it does drive me crazy because we were just talking about showing up unselfishly. And, um, and I've tried to figure out how do I, because I'm not interested in having a large group, to be honest with you, that was actually never the goal. The goal was to have a supportive community group. And so I would love if there was some way I could you know, eliminate the people that are just there for castings, to be honest with you. Um, I haven't quite figured out the way to do that yet. I'm not, <laughs> but um, so it was never the idea to have the largest group. It's just what happens. I think when, when you're doing, you know, when you're doing something right, when you're doing something unselfishly, it's going to be attractive. Wait, you just said something so important. I wasn't there for the numbers. I was there to create a supportive community. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is, yeah. I mean, it goes to like the heart of what this episode is about. Cause I think that I don't know, the, the pressures of social media are enormous, especially in this field, right? And understanding the difference between chasing numbers and likes, is an, it's an extension of that. And what that means and that kind of validation versus creating something sustainable, which is what you've done, yeah. creating something of value and impact, which you've done. And also here, there are two things we haven't addressed yet. One, you've got really good organizational skills, let's face it. And that's <laughs> made a difference. And we can talk about even how you organize the days and what can be posted on different days and how we show up and really sticking to that. And the other really important thing to me that I always wanna point out is consistency. If you haven't quit, it's easy to get overwhelmed. You've got a lot going on and be like, ah, I'm done with this. And it's the, and it's the sticking with it. So after all of that, when did you start to realize we're hitting something here? This is, this is, this um, is we're creating something. You know, I'm, I'm a visionary. So I, I actually have um, a lot more goals for the group. And I had started in 2020 moving towards that direction. Um, I really wanted the face-to-face -face connection with casting directors and agents and managers because I found in my own career, that was one of the top hurdles was trying to get in those doors and make those mm -hmm. connections, especially when, you know, maybe you're not the the flavor of the day, so to speak, in the industry, which I've found I'm often have not been up until recently. Um, and so at the beginning of 2020, we did um, a wonderful event at SAG headquarters here in Los Angeles, where we rented out the theater that they have there and invited, I think, five different casting directors, agents and managers. And we had, you know, a little wine and cheese thing going on. And so that was my goal was to move more towards face-to-face -to -face events, getting us in spaces that a lot of our hosts have never been in. A lot of them have never been in you know, the SAG offices and may never end up being union, but that's okay. At least they get to see that professional side of our business that is kind of the cream of the crop. Um, and then of course, COVID <laughs> um, shut all that down. And so I do have an idea to transition it ultimately to more of a business model because I don't make a cent on this group. And there is a lot of opportunity for finances. I've had people actually offer to buy the group and things like that, but that was not my, um, the driving factor for me personally. 
at this point, but I do see that uh, creating a business can be a lot more opportunity. Having, for example, these podcasts in one section on the group, people can just pay a small fee and get you know, training that, that is very difficult sometimes to get if you're not in LA or New York, you know, maybe you're in Alabama, but you've always wanted to be a host, but there's not that much training where well, you could go to our site and get that training. Um, you, you know, so there's just a lot more that I want to do with the group. I don't know timing wise now, because also during COVID, of course, I ended up getting my big break, which was HGTV. Uh, so it's funny. I don't know things shift and you have to, you know, pivot was a big word last year. And I definitely have learned pivot. <laughs> Even when you have a community, you have to pivot and hopefully you have a community to support you in that pivot. So that's been um, a blessing to have that. That's an interesting idea to rely on the community and what it means to be a member of a community, the personal responsibility we have to show up and participate. I do want to talk about your big break, as you just called it, and a shout out to your dad, who I forgot was in the military, but you credit with teaching you at a young age how to use power tools. Yes. You know, and that's such a fun story because um, from the time I was a kid, my dad had like, you know, teaching me how to transform furniture, sticking a piece of sandpaper in my hand and showing me how to use it because we really, we didn't have a lot of money. And so he was kind of a self-taught craftsman and he did beautiful, amazing work. And so that uh, model of excellence was also something that, you know, I just, I learned from a very young age. I never really thought that I was going to become um, a host on an HGTV style show, though. That wasn't my goal. I kind of got sucked into entertainment when I came here. But literally, Barbara, you're also part of this journey because I was interviewing you for a host in LA, uh, IG Live or a Zoom or something. And I can't remember, but you were running late that day and said something. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. I was just using power tools or I said something like that. And you said to me, you said, Shay, do you realize how valuable that skill is, how marketable that is? And, um, and just a little light bulb went on. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm going the wrong track in my hosting career. And the very next day, there was a casting in the group host in LA looking for a contractor slash interior designer for a new show. It didn't say HGTV, but I wasn't going to apply because I didn't have that kind of reel. All my reel was entertainment celebrity interviews because that's what I'd been doing. But a friend tagged me and she's like, come on, Shay, this is you, you know, somebody who knew me for years and all the work that I've done with design, which has always been my passion. And I came here and created my own reel that night and submitted it and literally got hired within days. So it was, I think that that conversation, you know, being in community, had I not had that conversation with you, I don't know that that would have like some, the light bulb might not have come on. So I think there's the power of community right there at work too. Mm -hmm. Which reminds me well, a couple of things. One, to actually stop and do a self audit about uh, skills that we have and tapping into our passions and figuring out, is there something I can do with this? Right. Um, and also reminding, because it happens all the time that your agent or whoever's representing you may have no idea that you do that thing. So because I'm for years was always the casting director who really read the special skills sections of a resume, which if you're not in the industry and you're looking at a traditional professional business resume, you don't know that on an, on an acting or a host resume at the bottom is a list of special skills. And back in the old school days when people would come in person, if, I mean, people would have like, I can talk backwards and they'd come in. I'm like, okay, do it. Speak backwards. It was like burp on demand. God bless. I want to hear it now. Um, any of those things. And so um, I would really read them. And, and those are the things that can get you a job. And I remember vaguely this conversation, but thinking like, how did I not know this about you, Shay? Yeah. And a lot of people didn't because um, I had, again, I hadn't been pursuing it here in LA, but I had always worked with, you know, I, I really, so after my dad taught me a lot and I was working with him, 
because he kind of had PTSD and he didn't like to go in the small spaces. And in the Midwest, all of the homes have like crawl spaces and um, things like that. And so he would send me <laughs> and to check out that out. So I always had this fascination with, you know, the, even the underbelly of a home. And then I had an opportunity to go to work with Habitat for Humanity, where I was building homes hand, hands on and learning all of that. And then from there, I thought, you know, I love this so much but I feel like I'm not being taken seriously as a woman on the building side of it. So I went and got my contractor's license. And um, that was a whole, you know, another part of my life, but it feels like, so I was always on this track where I never stopped with building, but for some reason it just didn't connect to leap into that side of the business. I think because I come from, you know, hard news and I come from um, such a different world than, than the home renovation space, but it's, it was, it was meant to be, it just, you know, it just took a long time for me to get there. I know you, you're just like the most, you just rattled off being the most qualified person I could possibly <laughs> right? imagine to do this, who never thought of doing it, but that happens to many of us. So God, will, yeah. I mean, yay you, this is a fantastic story. The other thing though, to point out that's super important is that, and thanks to your friend that you said, yes, you didn't say, cause this happens again so much in the space, this space specifically, but even in any no, a number of other jobs is it's like, I, I don't have, I don't have a resume. I, you were like, I don't have a reel. And you, instead of stopping and being, so I can't do it, you created it. And by the way, I want to point out, because a lot of times people think, I love this thing. I think I'm going to apply for this job and I have no credibility in the space. That's one thing. You actually had ticked like every box I could just possibly imagine for why you should be in the space. You just didn't have video. And then you created the video. And, and so a couple of things. One, you said yes to you have skills. You're up on things. You were like, yes, I can do that. And so it's just to recommend that if you want to do anything with media, get some lights, learn how to use at very least the camera on your phone, rudimentary editing. I mean, just the basics. I recommend this to anybody coming out of college now, because I think it's the thing that could help you get a job in anything because your boss doesn't know how to edit video, but you can. But anyway, the point is you did it and you submitted it and it turned around so fast. Yeah. And I think I sent it to you. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, it really has to be. Uh, and this is what I keep trying to tell people, especially if they want to come into this side of the business um, as a host, it's your story that makes you stand out. It, that is the thing that's going to get you hired. Everybody has the skills. If you're a contractor, we all have the same skills. If you're a designer, we all have the same skills. If you're in television news, we can all read teleprompter. We all use earprompter. So those things I feel like are just expected once you're submitting for a job, it's the story. And so what I did, what, what I realized, I said, I don't have a reel. I don't have video. I can't you know, go build a house today because the, uh, the reel was actually due that night. Um, and it was already five o'clock. And so I, I said, but I have a story and I can sit here and I can tell why I'm so passionate about design and how it started. And so that's actually what became my reel. And I did have a little bit of video that was, you know, me doing commercial auditions or something like that, you know, for Lowe's Home Depot or something. Um, and so I just interspersed that. But really, um, I do try to tell people, you know, sit down and I love what you said, take inventory. And this is also where it ties back to com community, because I think sometimes it's hard for us to see our own strengths. Um, and sometimes it's hard for us to see our own story. And so having others be able to say, hey, what, what do you see in me that might be unique? Or, you know, what do you think about this part of my story? And so I am, you know, doing some coaching now and helping others flesh out their story. Because sometimes I think when you're so close to your own life, you don't realize that, wow, that is really vital. And so it's, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, actually. 100% to what you just said, everybody needs a sounding board. 
every great CEO has a coach. They're at the top, but everybody needs someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of. So 100% there. I actually want to transition a little bit. Another aspect of community is so now you're on a film set or you're on a TV set or even on an, in a newsroom. The whole point is we often refer to them as families, but they're also micro communities, right? And in really now addressing, you know, it's one thing you, you talked about hard skills get you in the door, but it's the soft skills, the ability to tell your story is what gets you the job and keeps you the job. But I also, something else that keeps you the job is being a good community member on that set. So true. And something I'll admit, I'm still learning because I am, I, I'm very opinionated. I know exactly what I think. I mean, I think this is part of being an introvert. We've had a lot of time with ourselves. We know what we think. <laughs> and um, I'm a fighter. And so sometimes I've gotten myself into trouble. Maybe I shouldn't have said, you know, it, maybe it wasn't time for the fight. But when I see an injustice, it's very hard for me, you know, especially if it's happening to me. Um, and sometimes I'm not focused on the community in that moment. So I'm learning the, the balance. Um, and one of the things that was hardest about this most recently with um, COVID, with the HGTV show, we couldn't build community because we, you know, in between filming, we were sitting in our cars by ourselves because of the social distancing and everything else like that. And so it was a very different and difficult time for me because I couldn't sit down with, you know, the, the crew necessarily and hang out and have conversations. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting industry too. It is a very difficult industry at times. And I had one boss who came to us and said, uh, I just want to tell you, we're not a family, we're a team. <laughs> he said, because I will fire you if you're not producing. And I actually love that because now it actually is more of the truth. Let's be honest. These shows, we're not family. They will fire you if you're not producing. They will fire me if I'm not producing. Family doesn't necessarily get to fire each other and say, you're no longer part of this family. So I do feel for me, I listened to what he said and I really um, believe that that has helped me because I no longer get so easily offended too. Cause I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna be offended by what you just said cause you're not my family. You're my team, but you're not my family. So I think we actually need to change some of that dialogue. That's fascinating. It's also taught me too, just as you were talking about having to, I don't know, redefine, reapproach how we connect as community because when you're like, we're in each other's cars and the part of the point is it's generational and neither of us are digitally native. You know, someone who's 25 would just connect electronically. Yes. And get yep. everybody chatting yep. on yep. some kind of group thread in their cars. Well, and that's what I, um, you know, it's interesting. It, I think to be honest with you, what was different about this show, I was the only woman. And so it was like, so it had, it had, uh, and that's a whole different environment. And that is a whole different setting when you have one woman and, you know, 15 guys. And so I can't say we were necessarily, you know, it had nothing to do with being digitally native or, or anything like that. It was just, I, I really just think that there is just a difference in, and I was the only person of color, um, African-American as well. So it just was, um, it was a challenge and that is, it is what it, it is. Uh, you know, I don't think that we're going to stay in this place forever and thank God. Um, and so I think building on community and learning community, I think that's a lifelong journey of how to function in community. And like I said, I, I actually, it kind of cracks me up. I've been telling my friends, Hey, Barbara wants to talk about community, which is so funny to me because that's not, to be honest with you, my, that's not the way I think. I don't really 
because I'm an introvert. I'm not thinking, how can I get all these people together and let's hang out? That's just not what I, I'm like, you know what? I need some space alone. <laughs> so I think community, that's why when you said, mentioned it, I thought, you know, that is, I think that is a byproduct of my life, but I can't say it's a focus. It is a blessing of, of my life, um, but it's not what I wake up and think about. I have to be honest with you. And so I think that community happens when you have, you know, you go, it goes back to purpose when you have that purpose, but you're willing to share it. It's a natural byproduct. Cause again, I don't sit down and think, how can I build community? Um, but I do know that that's going to happen. And if it wasn't happening, then I would stop probably and say, okay, what, what's happening here that's not working if we're not naturally building community. It goes actually back to the definition, sharing common yeah. attitudes, interests, and goals. Yeah, which is so fascinating because I, I love that definition, but I also have to think about that I think because this group, a lot of us do not have common, we have common interests, but not necessarily common viewpoints on the world. And I think that was the struggle for some of the people in the group was I'm going to allow all points of view in the group because that's what makes a dynamic host. If you can get two different points of view, and I know that this is not where our culture is right now, unfortunately, though. And so that was actually a struggle um, in the last year, especially was trying to make sure that it's a group that allows for all voices. I'm not interested in creating a safe space, Barbara. If I create a safe space, I have failed as a host because that means I have not been authentic to who I am then um, because I don't always go with the mainstream. And so it's been a fascinating season. To me, I find that that's what makes life rich. I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. Come on, let's go hang out. <laughs> Amen to that because what I the safe space you created is what I believe is it's a respectful space. Yes, I with do health, demand respectful. With, and it, yes. they're healthy boundaries and you hold people accountable. I think that's as safe as it gets because I often talk philosophically just in terms of, you know, host and putting yourself out there. If you sit in the middle of the road, it feels quote unquote safe just to be surrounded with people who agree with you. Right. That is yeah. a false narrative of safety because you don't grow or progress. Well, Barbara, um, I think, unfortunately, this is not a popular opinion right now. And I do think that the cancel culture, especially for hosts, is out of control. It is absolutely. And it scares me. It terrifies me because that is our gift as hosts to be able to bring an authentic voice. And we shouldn't all sound alike or we have failed our, as, as hosts. My experience 100%. is not the same as the next host. Her experience is not the same. She might have been raised in a completely different culture. And I want to hear her story. I don't want her to parrot my story as a, as a woman of color. Oh my God. It just, so yeah, cancel culture is definitely out of control and there's not very much, many places that we can explore the respectfully. Again, it is about respect. And I have kicked a few people out in the last year mm -hmm. of the group who couldn't come to that place of doing something respectfully and disagreeing respectfully. So I love what you're saying and I absolutely agree with it. And, and hopefully we are redefining then what community and what safe space in a community looks like. It doesn't mean everybody thinks the same thing, not at all. Everybody in a family doesn't think the same thing. Also going back to skill sets, it's really important for anyone who wants to be in the media space and certainly as a host, you actually have to be studying the various points of view because then otherwise you can't do your job. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do you interview someone if you're you know, expecting them to think like you and, and have a powerful dynamic interview? And so I hope, I, I feel like I am fighting against the, the tide um, a lot of times. 
and that's why I continue to lead hosts in LA because I'm willing to fight against the tide at the same time too. And I hope that it can bring something back that I feel like we are in danger of losing in this country. And that really is to be able to sit down and have a conversation with people I don't agree with or who don't agree with me. And at the end of that say, but hey, let's go grab a glass of wine anyway. Um, I love that. And again, I feel like it adds so much richness and, and maybe it's selfish. I don't want a bunch of people who think like me. Oh my God, that is so boring. <laughs> Not that I'm boring, but I think if we all think alike, that's just so boring to me. Um, and so uh, does it make it challenging? Absolutely. It does make it challenging. I have this you know, conversation with many people, but I think it's also, uh, there's a maturity that needs to happen. And I don't know how to um, cultivate cultivate that except to model it. And so that's what I've tried to do in, you know, the community that, that I, that I have access to, which is hosts. I am so grateful for you and happy that you've spent this time here. Um, well, Shay, where can we find you and connect with you? Host in LA on Facebook is the number one place where I am most active or on Instagram, we're building, starting to build up over there. Um, and then if you want to follow me personally or follow the journey for HDTV, I'm starting to post on Shay Holland Official on Instagram. That's fantastic. I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. And if you would like to improve your communication skills right now, go to my website, ableintermedia.com and download my free 12 tips for success on camera. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.